Chapter Two of the Bronze Hand by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Two: The Quaker-like Girl, the Pale Girl, and the Man with the Bristling Mustache. The building mentioned by my newfound friend was well known to me. It was one of the kind in which every other office is unoccupied the year round. Such tenants as gave it the little air of usefulness it possessed were of the bad pay kind they gave little concern to their own affairs and less to those of their neighbours the public avoided the building and the tenants did nothing to encourage a change in a populous city on the corner made by frequented streets it stood as much alone and neglected as if it were a ruin old or young eyes may have looked through its begrimed windows into the busy thoroughfare beneath but none in the street ever honoured the old place with a glance or thought no one even wasted contempt upon its smoky walls and few disturbed the accumulated dust upon the stairs or in the dimly lighted hallways had a place been sought for wherein the utmost secrecy might be observed surely this was that place as i neared the door upon which i read the doctor's name i found myself treading on tiptoe so impressed had i become by a sense of caution if not of dread i had made every effort to be on hand at precisely ten o'clock and felt so sure that i had been the first to arrive that i reached out to the door-knob with every expectation of entering unseen by any one and possibly unheard to my dismay the first twist i gave it resulted in a rusty shriek that set my teeth on edge and echoed down the gloomy hall with my flesh creeping i opened the door and passed into the doctor's outer room it was far from being empty seated in chairs ranged along two sides of the room i saw a dozen or more persons male and female all wore the preoccupied air that patients are apt to assume while awaiting their turn to be called by the doctor one amongst the number made an effort at indifference by drawing out and pushing back a nail in the flooring with the sole of her pretty shoe it may have been intended for coquetry and at another time might have bewitched me now it seemed strangely out of place the man who was to all appearance counting the flies in the web of an industrious spider was more in keeping with the place my feelings and the atmosphere of despondency that the room gave out as i had no doubt that the ring i was seeking was in the possession of some one of these persons i gave each as minute an examination as was possible under the circumstances only two amongst them appeared open to suspicion of these one was a young man whose naturally fine features would have prepossessed him in my favour had it not been for the peculiar alertness of his bright blue eye which flashed incessantly in every direction till each and all of us seemed to partake of his restlessness and anxiety why was he not depressed the other was the girl or rather the young lady to whose pretty foot i have referred if she was at all conspicuous it was owing to the contrast between her beautiful face and the quaker-like simplicity of her dress she was restless also her foot had ceased its action but her hand moved constantly 
now it clutched its fellow in her lap and now it ran in an oft-repeated action seemingly beyond her control up and down and round and round a plain but expensive leather bag she wore at her side she carries the ring thought i sitting down in the chair next her meantime i had not been oblivious of the box it stood upon a plain oak table directly opposite the door by which i had come in it was about a foot square and was the only object in the room at all ornamental indeed there was but little else for the eye to rest on consequently most of us looked that way though i noticed that but few seemed to take any real interest in that or anything else within sight this was encouraging and i was on the point of transferring my entire attention to the two persons i have named when one of them the nearest rose hurriedly and went out this was an unexpected move on her part and i did not know what to make of it had i annoyed her by my scrutiny or had she divined my errand in my doubt i consulted the face of the man i secretly thought to be her accomplice it was non-committal and in my doubt as to the meaning of all this i allowed myself to become interested in a pale young woman who had been sitting on the other side of the lady who had just left she was evidently a patient who stood in great need of assistance her head hung feebly forward and her whole figure looked ready to drop yet when a minute later the door of the inner office opened and the doctor appeared on the sill in an expectant attitude she made no attempt to rise but pushed forward another woman who seemed less indisposed than herself i had to compel myself to think of all i saw as being real and within my experience surprised by this action on the part of one so ill i watched the pale girl for an instant and almost forgot my mission in the compassion aroused by her sickly appearance but soon that mission and my motive for being in this place were somewhat vividly recalled to me by an unexpected action on this very young woman's part with the sudden movement of an acutely suffering person she bounded from her seat and crossed the floor to where the box stood gasping for breath and almost falling against the table when she reached it a grunt from the good-looking young man followed but neither he nor the middle-aged female with a pitiful skin disease who had been sitting near her offered to go to her assistance though the latter looked as if she would like to i was the only one to rise the truth is i could see no one touch the books without having something more than my curiosity awakened approaching her respectfully and with as complete a dissimulation of my real feelings as possible i ventured to say you are very ill miss shall i summon the doctor she was clutching the side of the table for support and her head drooping helplessly over the books was swaying from side to side as she rocked to and fro in her pain thank you she gasped without turning i will wait i would rather wait at that moment the doctor's door opened again there he is now said i i will wait she insisted let the others take their turn satisfied now that something besides pain caused her interest in the box i drew back asking myself whether she had been in possession of the ring from the beginning or whether it had been passed to her by her restless neighbour meanwhile another patient had disappeared into the adjoining room 
a few minutes passed the man with the restless eye began to fidget could it be that he was simply guarding the box and that he was the one who wished to open it as the doubt struck me i surveyed her more attentively she was certainly doing something besides supporting herself with that sly right hand of hers yes that was a click i heard she was fitting a key into the lock startled but determined not to betray myself i assumed an air of great patience and taking a memorandum-book from my pocket began to write in it meantime the doctor had disposed of his second patient and had beckoned to a third to my astonishment my friend with the nervous manner responded thus acquitting himself in my eyes from any interest in the box the interview he had with the doctor lasted some time meantime the young woman in the window remained more or less motionless when the fourth person left the room she turned and cast a quick glance at myself and the other person present i knew what it meant she was anxious to be left alone in order to lift that mysterious lid she was no more ill than i was there was even a dash of colour in her cheeks and the trembling she indulged in was caused by great excitement and suspense and not by pain compassion at once gave way to anger and i inwardly resolved not to spare her if we came into conflict over the box my companion was an old and non-observant man who had come in after the rest of us when the doctor again appeared i motioned to this old man to follow him which he very gladly did leaving me alone with the pale girl at once i got up showing my fatigue and slightly yawning this is very tedious i muttered aloud and stepped idly towards the door leading into the hall the girl at the box could not restrain her impatience she cast me another short glance i affected not to see it took out my watch consulted it put it back quickly and slipped out into the hall as i closed the door behind me i heard a slight creak instantly i was back again and with so sudden a movement that i surprised her with her face bent over the open box oh my poor young lady i exclaimed springing towards her with every appearance of great concern you do not look able to stand lean on me if you feel faint and i will help you to a seat she turned upon me in a fury but meeting my eye assumed an air of composure which did not impose upon me in the least or prevent me from pressing close to her side and taking one look into the box which she had evidently not had sufficient self-possession to close this sight which met my eye was not unexpected yet was no less interesting on that account a hand the hand curiously made of bronze and of exquisite proportions lay on its enamelled cushion with rings on all of its fingers save one that one i was delighted to see was the middle one proof positive that the mischief contemplated by miss callan had not yet been accomplished restored to complete self-possession by this discovery i examined the box and its contents with an air of polite curiosity i surprised myself by my self-possession and bonhomie what an odd thing to find in a physician's office i exclaimed beautiful is it not an unusual work of art but there is nothing in it to alarm you you shouldn't allow yourself to be frightened at such a thing as that 
and with a quick action she was wholly powerless to prevent i shut down the lid which closed with a snap startled and greatly discomposed she drew back hastily thrusting her hand behind her you are very officious she began but seeing nothing but good-nature in the smile with which i regarded her she faltered irresolutely and finally took refuge again in her former trick of invalidism breaking out into low moanings she fell back upon the nearest chair from which she immediately started again with a quick cry oh how i suffer i am not well enough to be out alone and turning with a celerity that belied her words she fled into the hall shutting the door violently behind her astonished at the completeness of my victory i spent the first moments of triumph in trying to lift the lid of the box but it was securely locked i was just debating whether i could now venture to return to my seat when the hall door reopened and a gentleman entered he was short sturdy and had a bristling black moustache i needed to look at him but once to be certain he was interested both in the books and me and while i gave no evidence of my discovery i prepared myself for an adventure of a much more serious nature than that which had just occupied me modelling my behaviour upon that of the young girl whose place i had usurped i placed my elbow on the box and looked out of the window as i did so i heard a shuffling in the adjoining room and knew that in another moment the doctor would again appear at the door to announce that he was ready for another patient how could i evade the summons the man behind me was a determined one he was there for the purpose of opening the box and would not be likely to leave the room while i remained in it how then could i comply with the requirements of the situation and yet prevent this newcomer from lifting the lid in my absence i knew of but one way a way which had suggested itself to me during the long watches of the previous night and which i had come prepared to carry out taking advantage of my proximity to the box i inserted in the keyhole a small morsel of wax which for some minutes past i had been warming in my hand this done i laid my hat down on the lid noticing with great exactness as i did so just where its rim lay in reference to the various squares and scrolls with which the top was ornamented by this means i felt that i might know if the hat were moved in my absence the doctor having showed himself by this time i followed him into his office with a calmness born of the most complete confidence in the strategy i had employed dr merriam whom i have purposely refrained from describing until now was a tall well-made man with a bald head and a pleasant eye but careless in his attire and bearing as i met that eye and responded to his good-natured greeting i inwardly decided that his interest in the box was much less than his guardianship of it would seem to be token and when i addressed him and entered upon the subject of my friend's complaint i soon saw by the depth of his professional interest that whatever connection he might have with the box neither that nor any other topic whatever could for a moment vie with his delight in a new and strange case like that of my poor friend 
i consequently entered into the medical details demanded of me with a free mind and succeeded in getting some very valuable advice for which i was of course truly grateful as soon as this was accomplished i took my leave but not by the usual door of egress saying that i had left my hat in the ante-room i bowed my acknowledgments to the doctor and returned the way i came but not without meeting with a surprise there was still but one person in the room with the box but that person was not the man with the bristling moustache and determined eye whom i had expected to find there it was the pretty quaker-like girl who had formerly aroused my suspicions and though she sat far from the box a moment's glance at her flushed face and trembling hands assured me she had but that moment left it going at once to the box i saw that my hat had been moved but more significant still was the hairpin lying on the floor at my feet with a morsel of wax sticking to one of its points this was conclusive the man had discovered why his key would not work and had called to his aid the young lady who had evidently been waiting in the hall outside she had tried to pick out the wax a task in which i had happily interrupted her proud of the success of my device and satisfied that the danger was over for that day it being well on to twelve o'clock i said a few words more to the doctor who had followed me into the room and then prepared to take my departure but the young lady was more agile than i saying something about a very pressing engagement which would not allow her to consult the doctor that day she hurried ahead of me and ran quickly down the long hall the doctor looked astonished but dismissed the matter with a shrug meanwhile with the greatest desire to follow her i stood hesitating on the threshold when my eye fell on a small object lying under the chair on which she had been sitting it was the little leathern bag i had seen hanging at her side catching it up i explained that i would run after the young lady and restore it and glad of an excuse which would enable me to follow her through the streets without risking the suspicion of impropriety i hastened down the stairs and happily succeeded in reaching the pavement before her skirts whisked around the corner i was therefore but a few paces behind her which distance i took good care to preserve End of chapter two